Welcome to the 24 Stories podcast that aims to educate, inspire and help build brands. I'm your host, Stephen Ryan, founder of 24 Stories, and I'll be joined each week by guests from a variety of industries here to tell you how they built their brands. Welcome to episode 6 of the 24 Stories podcast. This week, we're going to be all smelling beautiful because we have a different topic, something that we've never covered before, and we're in the business of perfume, and I'd like to introduce this week's guest, Nora Orwin. Hi Stephen, thank you for having me. This is going to be an unusual topic in that people wouldn't expect a cork brand um, to have, I suppose, a perfume released in the marketplace. But before we get into that, I want to kind of go back to the backstory. You grew up in Mallow? I grew up in Mallow, yes. I had a lovely childhood there and I suppose perfume was a very big part of my childhood. My mother's first cousin worked as a farm later for a big, very big fragrance house in New York. Whoa. And he used to send us parcels of perfume. And we grew up surrounded by perfume. And we just absolutely adored it. But the strange thing about this was that we grew up thinking that everybody else had, had perfume. And it probably wasn't a regular thing. Absolutely Especially not. Especially not in our cork, I'd imagine. Anyway. Absolutely not. But we just assumed all our friends, we went to a small country school and yeah. assumed all our friends were surrounded by perfume just like we were. We never actually told them when we did find out because yeah. I think... In a small school, you were afraid of being mocked or yeah, whatever. Yeah. But that wouldn't have been the case, I imagine. But we were just so lucky. You must have been smelling fantastic going into school every day, <laughs> like compared to the rest of the kids who were probably coming from farming backgrounds and stuff like that. Continuously wearing it, we were. Yeah. And there was no shortage. Even the bottles themselves. I can still remember the bottles. They were so different to what we have here in the Irish market at the moment. And a lot of the fragrances we got were never released onto the Irish market. Why were they like kind of samples from just the There were samples. There were something that might never have hit the market. Okay. Yeah. Because it was, he was formulating them and I suppose there was something that was left over. Yeah. And he just parceled a whole lot. And did you get to meet him at any stage? Oh, we did, yes. He was he was a half twin actually. Okay. And twins were in my family and he was a half twin. He came over and when he did come over, he brought, that time there was no restrictions bringing, bringing boxes or anything on yeah, trains. Yeah. And he brought this massive box of fragrance to us. And I think we had about three years out of it. It was it was lovely. And that must have been very kind of glamorous kind of lifestyle for him to come back from, from New York or wherever. You know, like very different, I'd say, back then. Yes. But I think he I think he knew we appreciated. It was two girls, he two he two second cousins that absolutely loved perfume. Yeah, yeah. And I think he he knew we appreciated it. So all of that was kind of cemented in your mind then. I suppose when we're children, we're kind of really interested in life anyway. But then there's certain things that come our way that ignite a passion. Sure. And what, over the years, my sister and I, we trained our nose into smelling perfume. If someone comes into a room and they have a fragrance on them that I know, yeah. I will I will smell it and recognize it straight away. Especially oh. if I walk into like Brown Tom's. Yeah. I can smell perfumes. I can identify perfumes straight away. And I've often gone up to people, especially in shops, and said to them, you're wearing Eden or you're wearing... Whatever. And they're shocked that I can actually recognise the perfume. Your nose must go mental when you go into a perfume shop. It's, though. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. And for that reason, I kind of pulled back a small bit. Since I started making my own fragrance, I've pulled back a small bit on wearing perfume. Okay. I just have to keep my nose for my own products. Yeah. So, like, you were in Mallow at the time. You went to secondary school. Was the plan to try and follow in his footsteps? Or, like, what, what, or did, did that even ever come into your mind at the time? 
It did. It was always there, Stephen. Yeah. Always in the back of my mind because it was something I had a huge passion for. Yeah. And my sister even today, both of us have it. Yeah. And I went, initially I went working for an American factory in Mallow. Now, your listeners won't know the, the, the factory, but they will know the product. It was the high cone division of Illinois Toolworks. Okay. And we made the little plastic rings to sit down, sit on six packs. Oh, those if you're on, beer. on the cans or whatever, yeah. Yes. yeah th- and that they're trying to get rid of now, actually. Aren't yes, they? I yeah, know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we support, we export it to all uh, Europe, Middle East from Mallow. And they were they were based in Mallow? They, they were? were. Manufacturing units in Mallow. It was, yeah, it was, it was based in Mallow. And I spent 10 years there. And were you working on the floor or were you in the office? No, or? I was in the office. I was in accounts. I, uh, I liked accounting. Yeah. I love I love figures. Yeah. And I was given the opportunity to travel to their head office in Windsor to become an accountant. Yeah. But on this in the same week I also got um a letter from the American Embassy. I'd been selected as one of the first on leave visas. Oh. So I was lent with a very difficult decision. To to be an accountant or go to the US. Yes. But the US meant that I was going to a new job, whereas the accountant meant I was staying with the company I was with. But long story short, I decided to stay where I was and stayed on for another six years. Did you ever regret it afterwards? Never. I never no. looked back. Never, ever, ever. A sliding doors effect, really, because you could have taken that and your I whole life could have changed. I wouldn't be making perfume. Yeah. And I suppose you wouldn't have met your husband and, and all yes, of those things that true, would have gone with it too. You would have been, you know, but yeah. you could have come back to it, I suppose. I met, I met my husband in Nyal. Yeah. And he's in retail. So I went from manufacturing into retail. We're Irwin's in Yall and we may, we sell um, electronic products and mobile communications. And, and that shop has been going a long time, has it? We're 40 years this week. And were you, you weren't there at the start of it, No, you? God, no. No, yeah. no, no, no. So who who started that My business? My husband started that business uh, 40 years ago oh. this week. Yeah, oh. he was a radio officer. So he was already trained in electronics. Yeah. So he came back and set up his business and his two brothers who were also radio officers set up the same type of business in different towns. Oh, they're not the same business? No, they're all independent businesses. Oh, it's interesting because I always thought they were the same <laughs> <No>. company. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Your husband set up the one that's in Yall, in the main street, is it? Yes, in the main street in Yall, yes. And I suppose it was a time when electrics was changing dramatically. Dramatically, I can remember in the very start, we had a video club. Yeah. We went from a video club into... The and when people, some of our younger listeners know when, when they're taking a video club, <laughs> it's basically Netflix in a shop. Yes, we had a video library where you came in and you choose your video yeah. and it was booked out to you and you had to return it within 24 hours. And would you get a fine if you were late? Absolutely. Then? Yeah, yes. and I'd say some people never brought well, them back. in the towns, together. I think we were a bit lenient in the towns. You weren't like extra vision or someone no, like that no, where no, no. you had to get a new card for a different store. <laughs> <laughs> no, we weren't. But um, we went in, we, we had video recorders. The young audience won't even know what a video recorder is. Yeah, so to record your yes. favourite shows when there was yes. no Sky, Sky yeah. Plus or whatever, the on-demand yeah. things, yeah. And we went on, do- on then to the big box televisions, the real big ones. Yeah, yeah, which were very, very heavy. Very cumbersome. Yeah. Yeah. And now that they're, they're slimmed down now, they're much easier to handle at this stage. And, and it was funny because they were more expensive back in the day, like per person's income. Yeah. You know, if you think about it, they were a bigger, like, you wouldn't get a television every couple of years. It was a... Something that you'd hold on for a long time. In many that ways. time, Stephen, when we started out first, people were renting them. They weren't renting. We didn't do rentals, but that's yeah. how people. That's got how people got uh, got a television. They rented yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. They and couldn't afford to buy them. 
And at the same time then, so you had you had TVs and you had video players. And I'm guessing you also saw the start of CD players. Then CD the players, thing, yes. Which MP3s. Yeah. <laughs> MP3s were popular for a while yes. as well. And then the iPod came and along. the iPod, yeah. yeah. Dramatic change in that industry. Oh, absolutely. And then, the, then of course, came the mobile phone. Yeah. Like, so he he, he had a, a background in that industry, in telecoms. Yes. But, like, going back 40 years ago, so what are we talking? We're talking the early 80s. There was no mobile phones in Ireland at that stage, was well, there? No, there wasn't. But I don't know. We came, we were introduced to true ESET Digiphone at yes. the time. We were one of their first dealers. And, of course, Eddie was going to follow that line. That was his training. Radio was his training. Yeah. yeah. So, and and the communications and everything. So it was quite easy to get into the mobile phones from the point of view that he understood it. Yeah. He understood the business very well. Yeah. So we went from ESET Digiphone to Vodafone. Yeah. And we're now Tree. Tree Network. Oh, so you're a reseller for... For, for Tree. So you've always just partnered with one at a time. You're, one at a time. Yeah, one at yeah. a time, yes. We always just... That's the way we did it. So you were very varied. I suppose, is that because it was... um. A shop in, in a small town rather than, you yes. know, the fact that you were a video shop, you were a, a mobile phone shop and you were selling televisions and like there's a bit of everything going on. There was and we opened the Kodak Express shop when Kodak opened in Yall. Yeah, so that was another. That was another shop, another unit. We became the Kodak um, factory shop. And that was to print pictures. That was to me. And so there, that time they were launching the new camera. And we a launched the camera. camera. I didn't know it wasn't. It was the APS. Oh yeah, okay. The APS system. Yeah. And we launched that with them. So like, the, and and we in all that time, were you like, what what was your role in the company? Were you looking after the accounts? I was looking after the money. Yeah. I was following the money, which was important as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. And rearing a family at the same time. And rearing a family, two boys. So I and I'd imagine the whole family was nearly based around the, the shop in many ways. Absolutely, is it? yeah. My boys were brought up in the shop, well uh, used to the shop. I'm working in there at a young age, and they're still there at the yeah. moment. Yes. Yeah. And what age are they now? There's twenty six and twenty eight. And the plan is that they take over the business, or will they do their own thing? Don't know. Um, my eldest graduated lately, and he did very well in his graduation. So he yeah. wants to follow. He wants to follow um digital. Okay. Something in digital. Yeah. 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 But I'm sure the, the, the shop has inspired him in many ways. Like if you say he's inter- interested oh, in digital, the fact that they have grown up with a shop that has evolved, I'd imagine, over time yes. with the different products. And did you do things like laptops and stuff like that as oh, well? Oh, laptops. Yeah, laptops. We've always been in laptops and even the computers when they first came out. Yeah. I remember um, Atari. Oh, do you yeah. remember the that games far console, back? Yeah. The games console. And we had a delivery man coming into the shop yeah. and he bought he bought it. The present from Santa. Yeah, yeah. And he wanted me to write up, to type into it, Um, I think, to to Dermot from Santa. Yeah, yeah. But what he didn't understand was, as soon as we plugged out the Atari, so sure the wording went. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he was happy enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, um, that was a kind of a, another new era, I suppose, when gaming, kind of, like, yes. uh, that's, again, another thing that the younger the generation might be listening, yeah. listen, no, it's just the norm. But back then, if someone got one, everyone went to their house and, yeah, you know, the Commodore 64 and the, the Sega. The Commodore Met. 64, yes, I'd forgotten that, yes. Yeah, like yes. They, they became the early popular gaming machines and then it moved into Sega Mega Drives and Nintendos. Did you sell those type of things? We did, we sold everything. We sold the Xbox, we, we went through all those. PlayStation. And the games, and, yeah. and the games for them. 
And is that still happening? Or no, no, no. That's it. Just a, became the, hard. Yeah. Well, yes. I suppose there's all people are downloading at that stage, so yeah. we we gave that up. And the same well, thing kind of happened with music as well. I'd imagine we had music less CD store. players and stuff like that. We had all the music, especially around Christmas, be very busy. Okay. You come in, you'd select your CDs at one stage. That you were selling them. We were selling CDs. Yeah. Yeah. Ebert Ebert Entertainment Hub, so for you <laughs> <Yes>. all, basically. <laughs> Videos, gaming, we've done music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's surprised you weren't putting on a panto inside the <laughs> shop or something down the back of the shop. Yeah, so there was like it must have been kind of a hive of activity. So, but always, I suppose, people coming in with a smile because it was stuff that they wanted to be entertained with. Yeah, and excited. Right? You know, at different times of the year, especially just I suppose in the run up to Christmas, must have been a very exciting time. Very exciting. Very busy. Yeah, always very busy. And I met someone lately. A young lad that I hadn't seen for years but he'd worked with us yeah. and he went to college in UCC and he said he can always remember coming back from UCC on the bus yeah. and coming under the clock gate and hoping to see the lights on in Irwin's to get a video because we used to stay open at 10 o'clock at night Oh yeah, okay. and the Friday night he said he'd be holding his breath to see if it was the lights on in the shop and did you sell all the sweets and stuff to go with it when no, you were doing the video? Like just no. the video rentals just and the video yeah, rentals yeah, yeah. we yeah. never got into the popcorn or any of that yeah he no. left the likes of extra vision look after that kind of stuff. Yes, or yeah. some of the, the small shops around us. And like, did you have much competition in the town then, in terms of electrics, uh, electrical items and yes, stuff like that? Yes, we have two big competitors in the town. Yeah. Yeah, for a small town, there's three of us. Yeah. But you never had the big multinationals coming, no, did you? Thankfully. No, no. And that has probably helped, I'd imagine. It has, and we're kind of on the Waterford border as well. You yeah. see a lot of people from Waterford coming in. Yeah, because... That has been the big change in that industry, I'd imagine, over the years with, I'm just thinking the big UK, the Australian lads, you know, and then, of course, you have your, your Amazons of the world as well, where, you know, mm. all of that is having a big impact on small independent retailers like yourselves. Oh, it can be difficult, but there's, I think there's great, uh, I think when you grow up in the town and you're, you support the people of the town, the people of the town support you. Yeah. Yeah. And would you have getting involved in a lot of local initiatives as well to give back to the area oh we would we get involved in you know the, the local GA or the rugby club yeah and my boys played rugby and that was long pre-COVID you know, at this yeah. stage but yeah. um, oh you would you get involved in everything even the bringing Santa to town for the Christmas and you were involved we were in very involved that in that well. yes and the lighting the lights on the main street did you sponsor it is it no Eddie was involved in the chamber okay. we arranged the lights on the main street and I suppose being involved in the local chamber is important as well because your chamber would always have a strong... It has, yeah, it has a very strong... For years. Like, yes, yeah. very strong. And like, I suppose in many ways it might help the fact that you're 40 minutes away from the city. In, uh, does it? Or, or... I don't know. I don't you, know, know that they, you know, it's too much of a spin sometimes for people to go all the way up to get something yes. that they would pop in tea. Well, you see, people would know that... The chances are we have it. And if we don't have yeah. the product, we get it. We'd order it in anyway. Yeah. And that has always been the case for the 40 years where there are and people can rely on that. And, and online now, of course, is a very big part of our business as well. So. Oh, do you sell online? We're online, yeah. Yeah. And how how have you found that transition? Because that's, that's very different from the, I suppose, meeting the customer, finding out what they need, guiding them through the process to all of a sudden selling their products online. Like, you know. Well, it's it's... It's changing. COVID has definitely changed things and people, a lot of people are shopping online and we're finding that it's easier, you know, that the people, it's easier to sell online at times. Yeah. Yeah. 
that they do their own research and they, they do pick their out own the research. Items. Yeah. Now a lot of people will come in and research in the shop, but want it delivered, and we go online. Okay. This is you know if they come in now. There's no trends like. There's yeah. no trends. They'll have it delivered rather than have to take it. If they were buying a big TV, they wouldn't be able to carry it in their car anyway. So. And would they do click and collect or anything like that at all? No. Not click and collect so much. No. It's the opposite way around. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah, so it's 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 fascinating. And have you seen you all as a tone change over those kind of thirty years? Like we have, we've seen a lot of changes. We've seen an awful lot of changes on the main street. Yeah, you know where new people have taken over premises, mm. different types of business. Yeah, um, I suppose the introduction of the, the Iron Man in y'all has made a, a big difference to the town. Have you seen that yourselves? Yeah, we have. Yeah, the, the influx of people for Iron Man is. Amazing. But would they come at other times of the year to trial out the place as well? They'll start arriving in January. Yeah. They do when they do the route. Yeah. And you'll see an awful lot of cyclists from January now. You'll see a lot of cyclists in town. And they'll stop off then have a coffee somewhere. And stop or off, have of a coffee. Yeah. Stay in Airbnb. Yeah. Yeah. You just, the people that are doing Airbnb provide um, bicycle wrecks okay. in the Airbnb. Yeah. A lot of them do anyway. Because for years, y'all was known as the place to go in the summer for, for people from the city. Yes. And then it was kind of forgotten about for the rest of the year, wasn't it? In many ways, by the people from Cork City anyway. Yeah. And we'd have a lot of people staying in mobile homes now from the city. Yeah. We know all our customers. We know when the yeah. summer arrives. We've the customers that are down in the mobile homes. We recognise them straight away. And would they pop in tea to oh, get absolutely. stuff for the, for the, for the absolutely. mobile home and stuff they would? Yeah. Yeah. That's All interesting. Right. So that you'd have a different kind of customer base. Well, summer, ba- yeah. Yeah. summer customer, summer base and winter base. Very yeah. different. Winter base is the, is the people living locally. The locals, yeah. And then the summer base is people holidaying in the area and yeah. stuff like that as well. Yeah. So after all those years being involved in the business, you revisited the passion. I revisited the passion um, in 2017. Yes. Yeah. 2017. Came across an article where you could study um, perfume making online. Okay. So I I did the course. Was it, it in Ireland or was it overseas? It was in the UK. Yeah. But in addition to that, I had to travel over and back with workshops. Okay, brilliant. Yeah. So I'd make my own perfumes yeah. and I'd take them over to the UK. And if I wanted to perfect them or if I wanted to change something, I could do that in the workshop and then I'd bring them back again. So... I don't have a clue, no. How does it, How does a perfume get made? <laughs> right, because okay. I just see it inside in a bottle most of the time. <laughs> no, my fragrances are actually salad, which okay. are made using which is different wax, again. which is different again. And I'll tell you how that came about. But every perfume is made up of top, middle and base notes. And the notes are made up using essential oils. And every essential oil falls into one of those three categories. It's either a top note, a middle note or a base note. Yeah. Which, there are a few exceptions. And what you do is you blend your top notes together. It can be one, it can be 20 fragrances, it can be as many as you like. When you smell it and you know this is what I like, you put it mm. aside. Then you you blend your middle note, which is the heart of the, of the fragrance, and then you blend your third, your base note. Now the top note is the first to be released when it's put on the skin. Your okay. middle note is next, and finally the base note is left on your skin. So when you smell all three together, that's what forms the fragrance. And the combinations are endless. And Could you put anything in there? Like what? anything that has a scent? Or is there no, certain things... Essential oils I work with because I formulate all natural fragrance. So it's all natural? All natural as opposed to synthetic. 
Oh yeah, because sometimes they'd manufacture smells that would resemble yes, something in life or whatever. Yeah, yes, yeah. exactly. Or like the smell of turf. Yeah, would be me. A lot of the Americans like fragrance that smells I'm like not turf. Not sure. I'd have a smell of turf. No, maybe that was a popular smell in Mallow back in the day. Would it be well, <laughs> that was natural? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, a lot of lot of the the foreigners, a lot of interesting, the isn't yeah, it? Irish. Is it diaspora stuff either way? Yes. Yeah. That sort of thing. The smell of a turf fire. Yeah, be, yeah. I mean, but you, I can understand that as a candle. But it's amazing that people would want it as a an aftershave or a perfume or well, something like that. It's more perfume than anything. Yeah. I've I've heard of that a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. But um, then once you've your fragrance formulated. You didn't decide, you have your oils, you didn't decide, do you want to make it alcohol-based or solid-based, which is um, using the fragrance in um, organic, I use organic um, beeswax. Okay. But how all that came about was, I was travelling over and back to London. Yeah. And I was travelling with three little 30 ml bottles. You yeah. know this one litre bag that you're allowed? Yes. So every time I came through Heathrow, I was stopped because it was liquid. Yeah. So I just said to myself, there must be an easier way around this. Yeah. So I started researching salads. So I started, and that's where I started. But when I started off initially, I was doing focus groups here in the city mm. and it was with alcohol-based perfume, yeah. my own alcohol. And they liked it. They loved it. But one day I had a salad in my bag and I took it out. Yeah. And the girls just went mad over it. They're mad for it. Is it because it's different? Number one, it was different, but the app, they, they love the feel of it on the skin. Okay. I use Yehob oil as well, which is very, it's moisturizing mm. on the skin and makes your skin feel very soft. Okay. And that, that kind of, that formed the pathway for me. That's when I decided the salad was the way to go. And it was also very different. So when you started that course in 2017, you obviously had it in your mind that, okay, I could probably start a small business out of this. I or, didn't know if I was going to go commercial. I didn't know at the time. Yeah. It was a kind of a hobby initially. Yeah. And then decided after the focus groups, I decided I'd go commercial. And I applied to the Rubicon Centre and got onto the New Frontiers programme. And that's... that's Which is funded by Enterprise Ireland. Which is... Um, yes, funded by Enterprise Ireland. And I think that's where I realised I did have a viable business. And explain, people to people how that works because I'm sure there's a lot of potential startups even listening to this podcast or someone might have an idea for a product. It's a six month programme is it? It's a six month and can be a nine month. Okay. The initial programme is six months and you travel every day so you turn up well in my time it might have changed now since COVID Yeah. but we we were there for workshops five days a week. Okay. And we covered everything business plan um, marketing Yeah. Um, research yeah. you just cover every every aspect of business and I think this is where you get to feel for your business as to whether to work or not and you're introduced to the local enterprise board which was amazing Yeah, the local enterprise board I must say now I got great support from the local enterprise board initially Yeah, you know it, it was um, priming grants feasibility studies study uh, feasibility studies and the trading online voucher yeah and then I was lucky enough last year to be to become an enterprise Ireland client, okay. which is a focus on the export market. On the export market. Yes. But that six months in the Rubicon, so I'd, I'd imagine there was a lot of based on research of what people wanted, where the gaps were in the market and so on. Yes. So that you kind of had to say, okay, this is, this is how I'm going to develop the product. Yes. And, and 
it helped you to see, I suppose it helped you to see what was out there already mm-hmm. and to focus on making your own product different. Yeah. They were great to, to help you find something to make you different. I found that great. And did they bring in mentors from the outside Brought and stuff like that? in mentors you had mentoring. If you had, if you had a marketing yeah. workshop, you'd have maybe three or four Very good. Um, yeah. mentoring sessions after that. Logistics or yeah. financing and stuff financing, like that as well. Financing, yes. Yeah. And the business plan was a big part of it, of course. And like, do you get funding from them then? There's a stipend of, it was 15,000 that time. To kind of cover you for that six months, is for it? For that six months, because a lot of the people on New Frontiers with me had given up jobs. Okay, yeah, yeah. So the, yeah. the 15,000 just, you know, just helped tie them over. It's not, a, it's a full-time, it's a full-time program. Yeah. It's not a part-time. And you were coming at it from a different angle in that, I suppose, you probably noticed that a lot of the starters were young. Did you? In terms of like, they were only straight out of college and he had an idea or something like that. No, there were. Was there a mix? There was a mix. Yeah. There was very few out of college, actually. But maybe it was... I don't know. Maybe the filtering I process. Another, I think there is something else for the, the, the graduates. I might be wrong. That I know there's Ignite and UCC yes, and I stuff think they, like that. We had people from Ignite actually. They had from the progress. There they came. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Whereas they you bypassed that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Whereas I bypassed it. Yes. But the experience that you were bringing, you knew that there was going to be pitfalls along the way in terms of your years with Ar- with Orwins and so on. You know that there's going to be challenges. Yes. And I'd, I'd imagine that kind of in many ways helped. Well, what I found, I suppose I found it strange. I was so used to dealing with staff. Yeah. And so used to dealing with people. I I take no notice of it. Yeah. And that was the biggest challenge for the people in New Frontiers with me, was employing staff. They weren't used to it. I think maybe a bit afraid of it. Yeah. And maybe the commitment to afraid staff. Of letting somebody down. And letting somebody down. And you're opening up a new business. You don't know if it's going to work. Yeah. That's something that never even occurred to me. Yeah. But yeah, because you were familiar with that. I'm so familiar with it, but I, I don't. I I know there's challenges out there, but I find my way around them. Mm. They'd never deter me. A challenge would never deter me. And I suppose the first challenge would have been coming up with the actual product, the design of the product. How did all that happen? Um, I had the product formulated already myself. Okay. So next thing was the branding. Yeah. And I partnered with a branding company. In Dublin, yeah, I was still on the New Frontiers program, yeah, and they produced absolutely just they produced a product just as I gave just as I wanted, yeah, and I was just very very pleased with it. That it was nearly something that you visualised yourself. It was yes, the, the colours and all the of colors, that. The colours, everything. The, no, I left all that to them. I gave them a free hand, yeah, and what they came up with was what exactly is what I wanted. And the name Arona. Arona. Where did that come from? Out of New Frontiers. A group of women in New Frontiers came up with the name. It's Nora, spelled backwards, and A for Ahern, which is my maiden name. Okay, so your own name, back to front, and your yeah. maiden name. Yeah. And going back to that, I suppose, revisiting the yes. past of, of your childhood memories with your sister and yes, the, the perfume and all of that. Yes. I'd imagine when that when they said that in that focus group, straight away, that was... Yeah, I was given five options, but it was definitely was Nora, a... spelled backwards. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And it, and it sounds kind of... Sounds kind of nearly like a, you know, a cosmetic kind of luxury brand. Yeah. You know? So you came up with a brand, came up with the brand concepts. What was the next step then? The next step was to get it out there, get it on the shelves. Which is probably the difficult step, I'd say. Or to get it manufactured first. Yeah. So I partnered with a manufacturing company in Wexford. Yeah. They produced the product and then we we started attending showcase. 
showcase in Dublin. So it was actually made in Ireland? It's made in Ireland. Still is? Still is. That's fantastic because what a lot of people would automatically assume is that you're bringing it in from somewhere else. No, it's made in Ireland. Sticking your label on it and, you know, no. that's lovely. That's so It's formulated and made in Ireland. There's um, a big push towards shop local. Yeah. Those campaigns and the guaranteed Irish campaigns, they've been really successful, especially since COVID. And the champion green one. And we the rec- champion yeah, green. We exactly had had yeah, we recently had Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, they've been very, they've been very um, successful. Did you get to see it when it was being made at the start? No, I'd like to, but I will. Yeah. I didn't. You never got to see that part. I never part. got to see that part. I'd like to have seen that. But, so when, like, what was it like when you got the first box of, of goods come through, which are, which are, I suppose, with, with the perfume? And did it come with the packaging in it already or did you have to do the packaging no, afterwards? everything was packed. Everything was packed. Everything was packed in boxes of nine, but it was just, when you see the amount and the pellets, you kind yeah. of go, Oh my God, what am I after getting into? How am I going to sell it? How am I going to sell it? Yeah. But we uh, we took delivery, I think, in October, November, but we did the trade show in January. We started Showcase and... So Showcase is the big event every year. The big event. In the RDS, isn't it? Yes. And um, we were used to trade shows in that yeah. we were the buyers at trade shows. So now the role was reversed. Yeah. We were now the seller. We were now the, the people selling. But... um. It was interesting. What was very good at Showcase or for any of the, uh, the, the trade shows that we attended was the feedback from customers because that is often more valuable at times than anything. Yeah. And we got a load of feedback. But then I launched this product just before COVID. Yeah. The so start, start, everything was it to lockdown. 2019 was it? 2020. 2020 yeah. was an official, official launch. Oh, official it? launch was 2020, yeah. Would I be right in saying you just appeared on Nationwide at the time? I appeared was it, on was Nationwide. It around the start of that year, was it? Yes. Yeah. I was on Nationwide the week. I was at Showcase the week before Nationwide launched. And we launched, we, the product just launched in conjunction with Nationwide. So a couple of hundred thousand people possibly watching it on yes. RTE. Yeah. You know, and the dream the, scenario for you in many ways. And luckily I had my website up because the amount of people that bought off the website and we've been focusing on our website strategy ever since that was the start of our website yeah because i suppose that was the challenge was the distribution how would you get it out there have you gone with two routes like just one at the moment just direct just one at the moment yes so just direct to the i'm, I'm bc at the moment yeah so you're not into into other retailers and they sell for you well you see covid presented that challenge because the country went into lockdown and yeah. the shops were closed yeah I couldn't afford to have my products sitting on the shelves of shops. Yeah. So it was easier to go online. And, and push it that way. And push it that way. Now, COVID also, even though it presented that challenge, it also presented opportunities. Mm. Because um, I was on a workshop one day and I met a perfumer from the grass region of France. And now I'm collaborating with her. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Which was something magnificent I would never have expected to meet someone like that so we're now collaborating on products and what kind of a workshop was it? it was a perfume workshop online online yeah just something I like to get involved with yeah yeah that I, I and it obviously brought people not just from this country from a few different oh, places it was a, it was a global it was a global yeah. workshop yeah. yeah and I met someone from the grass region of France so we're we're now collaborating and coming up with new f- I suppose scents and stuff like that. And new it? products, yes. Yeah. And new ideas. 
Yeah. Because what COVID also gave us a chance to take a step backwards and look at our online strategy. Yeah. It also gave us the opportunity to put more research into new product development. Yeah. So we decided during COVID, we'd go down the route of waterless as well. Our products are waterless. There's no water used. Okay. They're alcohol and, and water free. Which is good for the environment. I'd Which imagine. is good for the environment, considering the fact that um, two thirds of the population will face a water shortage by 2025. Yeah. That was something we couldn't ignore. So we went down the waterless route. Now, without water in a product, it's more condensed. Yeah. It's lighter and easy to transport. So yeah. it keeps down the carbon footprint. And because it has no water, there'll be less skin irritation as well. Yeah. And so is that something that you have to consider as well when you're making a product like this? The, the various skin diseases that people might have or Absolutely. Re- reactions to reactions. products. Yeah. All our products must be must be notified to the um to the portal, the EU portal, cosmetic portal. Okay. So any allergen if there's if there's any um prospect of any allergens they have to be notified. Yeah. But we don't have we don't have any allergens in our products. They're all they're one hundred percent natural. So how many products have you available now? At the moment I have calming lavender and delicate rose. We sold out of the citrus citrus we had a citrus yeah. But that sold out over during COVID. And we've had supply chains. We have had a lot of issues, but that's because of COVID. So, has, yeah, supply supply chain issues. That Why factories were closed down and stuff, was it? Yes, and a lot of factories changed over doing hand sanitizer. They weren't doing cosmetics. Oh. Yeah, but they're beginning to come back again now. Packaging was another major issue. Yeah. Sourcing packaging. And the next issue coming down the line, but won't be an issue for me, is the cost of al- uh, perfumers alcohol. Al- uh, perfumers alcohol is uh, made using um, u- grain from Ukraine, oh. which is now in short yeah. supply. So yeah. there'll be there will be a shortage of alcohol for perfume. So potentially that there will be less al- or perfumes on the market that have alcohol in it. Is it? Well, for a period of time, I imagine. Yeah. 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 But that will that'll take a year or two before we'll feel that. And what percentage of the market is solid perfume? It's small. Oh, very I mean. small. I'd say only about five percent. Yeah. But most of the, the most of the solid perfumes out there are synthetic. They're synthetic solids, and there's all natural solids. So the synthetic ones are they a bit like you know the solid deodorants that people would have and they stuff like that? They're kind of similar yes. type of thing, similar, is it? Yes. But you can get all natural deodorants. Which Solid deodorants. Would that be an area that you'd look at? Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. But I suppose at the moment, the challenge is to build the existing brand. To build the existing brand. And we have new product launch in the new year. So it is the new year, I know. But yeah. it, we're looking forward to that. What did your sister think of it when you started? Oh, she on? was very excited. She did, was very excited. About and did it bring back thing. all those? All early... those memories and the fun we had when we were young. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, brought back. We had a very happy childhood, so it brought back great memories. Living out in the country. And are you kind of bringing that story to life? Because I see a lot of the, I suppose, the branding on the product. It's very kind of, what would you say? It's, it's nature-based. It kind of seems like flowers or seems like, yeah. you know, is that kind of country element coming into the brand? Is, that, that E is from the floral, the floral palette of letters. Good. There's different palettes of letters, and that's yeah. the floral one. So it's inspired by. Yeah, my logo is inspired by flowers. And you'll probably try and keep, like, I just see delicate rose, 
you know, and you know, Caming Lavender. They're but the, yeah, the reason those cho- two names were chosen was because they were being sold online. Yeah. And everybody knows what a rose smells like. Everybody knows what lavender smells Interesting, like. Interesting, yeah. Yes. If we had sold oud online, I think a lot of people would question it. They oh, would. Yeah, I question it myself. What was Middle that? Eastern, Middle Eastern yeah. um, oil. Very so, popular, but yeah. you need to smell it before you could buy it. You don't need to smell those. So I suppose you're selling online, but how do you get the, how do you get the word out there? How how do you get people to we're know that you exist? Of, yes, we're doing a lot of marketing and took on a marketing company in Dublin. Yeah. And we've been featured in an awful lot of magazines. Specialising in kind of... Women's. Women's, women's magazines, magazines and stuff. Yes, yeah. at the moment, because all my products are female at the moment, but we will have male products coming online. So will you bring out an aftershave, is it, or something like yes, that? Yes, a it? BAM, an aftershave BAM. Okay. Yeah, for men. And I know things like the BAMs for beards and stuff like that are popular yes, as well. Yes, Which are kind of a similar type of, they're usually a solid kind of material. Yeah, we have a lot of those in the pipeline coming yeah. as well. So that's, you know, that's exciting as the, I suppose, the business evolves and, and moves forward and stuff like that as well. Have you got any surprise feedback on the product yet? Like from maybe, you know, somebody that you really respected or, you know, like was there anything that kind of came to mind, you know, even somebody kind of famous or anything like that that have used it and kind of endorsed you that you didn't expect it to happen? Not yet, but I, not yet, but I'd be hopeful. You'd be hoping? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I'd imagine in this industry in particular, um, word of mouth that kind of online review that type of stuff is very important very important yes and uh, we encourage it we're on instagram at arona salad and um, perfumes we're on facebook and we're on where we have our website so you're on the website on linkedin yeah, yeah we're on all the yeah. mediums and have you tried have you sent it out to any influencers or anything like that and um, the pr company did yeah any feedback I got some, yeah, they yeah, they liked it. They found it very different. Yeah. Yeah. Some um presenter from R and DM now she absolutely loves it. Interesting. And a daily yeah. and she said she keeps it next to her bed at night. Lovely. She puts it on going to bed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you need to get her to mention it on the T V to get to get yeah. out to more people. But I said is it like it it is a challenge when you're a start up like that. And you said well ago that you're no doing stuff at Enterprise Ireland. So what what's the difference between them and local enterprise office fee? Well, for us, Enterprise Ireland would be, if you're looking at going global or exporting, yeah. which is where I would have my focus. Yeah. I would love to see this on the shelves in New York because the inspiration came from New York first day. Yeah, and it'll be a great story. It'll take well. time and, and it will take time to get that far, but at least I'm, I've the first step taken. And is it just you still or? Just, well, I have a board, I've two advisors, I have two other advisors and I've taken on that um, perfumer from the grass region as well, so. There's three, four of us. Four of you know. Yeah. yeah. And of course, part-time staff, if I need any work done. Yeah, yeah. Part-time at the moment. But um, we're only finding our feet after COVID, I must say. And when COVID happened, like, did you get support from the local enterprise office? Or were you too I new was too at early the stage. Yeah. Too early stage. Yeah, because you were yeah. still a startup, basically. I was only a startup, yeah. You couldn't apply for any of the grants that were no, available at the time. Or... I think the main thing was pitching to Enterprise Ireland and getting accepted was, was the big was big for me. Yeah, yeah. And do they bring you to showcases overseas or anything? Or they will. I'm. I'm not ready for it yet. Yeah. I'm waiting to launch my new products. I don't. I don't have enough product lines, so I've nine more SKUs coming. And when will they? They'll be in 2023, first quarter. First quarter. 2023. Looking forward to. Can't wait. In time for Valentine's and. In time for Mother's Day and Valentine's Day, yes. Which, but I'd imagine in that industry is probably one of the biggest times of the yeah, year, gifting. is it? Yes, for gifting. perfume. Perfume. 
And strangely enough, COVID, I mentioned back along that there was opportunities during COVID. Another opportunity, people bought a lot of perfume during COVID and you'd have thought the opposite. Mm. Because during World War Two, when things were rationed, Churchill in the UK never rationed lipstick. He said, we need to give the women something to keep them going because the women were now working in the ammunition factories. They yeah. were also working in the fields. Yeah. So he allowed lipstick to be freely available. Okay. But this time with COVID, lipstick wasn't going to work because people had masks on. Of course. So people bought fragrance. Kind of that little special yes. treat for themselves or whatever, yes. was it? And these fragrance sales in China at the moment are, are very high. They're sitting at home, they're online, whatever, but they're wearing perfume. Yeah, because there's always, I suppose, the feeling that people put perfume on for someone else, but it's actually for themselves. It's for yourself, it's a feel-good factor. Well, for me it is, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Or memories. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, yeah, it does, it evokes memories it at a certain time. It does. Yeah. yeah. And I suppose that's the, that, that would be, that's what you say, it'll take time for yourself, because those memories wouldn't have existed. Like, like I'd go into a shop and I'd squirt a bit of an old aftershave just to check what it was like, and all of a sudden it brings me back 10, 15, 20 yes. years ago. You will have that at some point. If I if I smell, if I was going to Brown Thomas now and smell if they have it is Mystere de Madame Roche's. Yeah. I think of my Deb's Ball straight away because I bought that perfume for my Deb's Ball and for nothing else. Yeah. I always buy perfumes for occasions. Yeah. And if I was going somewhere nice on holidays, I'd yeah. buy a, bot- a special bottle of perfume for that holiday only. And, and you'd I'd keep it for that? For that holiday, Yes. And would it kind of sit in the shelf then the rest of the time? Or? No, you still wear it, but you see, you'd remember, you'd remember where Your you'd first been. occasion yes, was there. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But I'd never take the same perfume to the same location twice. Yeah. And I suppose, like, you know, I'm thinking, oh, in, in, you know, and we're in the run up to Christmas now, like, how do you push it to kind of get, get that idea that this is an Irish product, you know, or, you know? Well, I'm a member of um, the Design Craft Council of Ireland. Mm. So we're pushing the, the shop local. Yeah. So I'm doing that online, I'm doing social media yeah. and Google ads. Because I'd say there's very few Irish um, perfumes. Perfumes, Very right. few. There's the Burn. Yeah. Actually, I visited their place, which is actually fascinating as well. But they're different tea. They're, 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 they're alcohol-based, are they? They're alcohol-based, yeah. 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 They're alcohol, but they're yeah. nice. Yeah. Which nice. Are, and it was lovely to see, literally in the middle of nowhere. Yes. In the Burn, there's this little factory. Tis all, I think it's all based on the plants in the burn. Yeah, if I'm yeah, not it is. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Oh, def- well, I like their perfume. I think it's lovely. Yeah, but we're we're different. We have a different customer base, totally. So, who is your customer base? Like, if you were to describe them, uh, is it a certain type of age? You know. Yes, my persona would be the thirty-five plus. Okay. People on the go. The reason for people on the go, we carried out um, research, online research. And people weren't carrying perfume in their handbags or their kit bags going to the gym because they didn't, the fear of spillage was the biggest problem. A break in their bag or something, is and it? breaking. Yeah. So they're finding this much more convenient and won't spill. And solid. it's nice and small as well, isn't and it? And it's convenient and it's, it's condensed. And, and how long would one of them last? That's a 7ml perfume that lasts the same as a 100ml liquid. So if you were to... Let's say even people don't tend to wear the same one every day. Did what would they usually? Would, would it be a couple of times a week or something like that? Would they like how how different perfumers? Yeah, like in in terms of how long would you think the perfume would last somebody? Those. Yeah. Or they'd last quite a while, depending on how often they're applying yeah, it. Yeah. 
and you see the fact that this is an all natural perfume means that all all the the oils will actually mix very well together. Yeah. So if you put on the rose perfume, you mm. can layer it with the lavender. Or so for you can put totally, the two on. You can put the two on for a totally different fragrance. Yeah, whereas you wouldn't probably do that with with the synthetics. They get muddled. That's the word for it. They get muddled. And what would happen in that regard? Is you don't smell anything. You don't know what you're smelling. Oh yeah, okay. They complement natural fragrance will always complement each other. And would it? Would the smell last most of the day? Oh, it will. It will. It, it um. It takes time for it to be released throughout the day. Mm-hmm. But you could reapply it. Like you could, if you have a rose on, you can reapply the lavender in the evening yeah. if you want it. Yeah. And what are you retailing? We're at? retailing at sixty nine. Sixty nine, which isn't bad. You well, know, it, com- like I know it looks smaller, so yes. that's probably the challenge, isn't that's it? The, that's the challenge, but it just lasts so much longer. So, but it, it's still the equivalent of one of those big bottles, which are like anytime I've gone into a shop, they're quite expensive recently. Yes. They, I think they've gone up in price actually. Like they're all um, past a hundred mark now, aren't they? And set to go up more now with the shortage of mm-hmm. perfume, uh, perfumers alcohol. So there's a cup. There's a couple of wins here in terms of it's a cheaper product. But not an inferior one. It's actually a fantastic product that will last you longer. Yes. It's it's natural. It's good for the environment. And it's also Irish. And it's sustainable packaging. Yeah. It's all that all that packaging is recycled. And the con- the primary packaging, the little container is an aluminium capsule. Yeah. Which is um widely recyclable. And the insert is ceramic as opposed to plastic. They're, all my products are plastic free. Which is kind of funny because you started in the pa- plastic business. Business. <laughs> so maybe you saw so much of it that you just wanted to move away from it or that you could see the detriment. No, I'm all plastic yeah. free. Yeah, probably some of that plastic that you worked on back then is probably still floating around somewhere. Somewhere. You know, because it's hard to dispose of. Yes. And when you're talking about the sustainable packaging, Aura, why is it you think that not every company would embrace it? Is it expensive? Or how does, you know... Sustainable packaging is very expensive. Is it? Yes. Um, not, and like, as you say, not everybody is embracing it. Yeah. But it's what, it, it's what the, the consumer is demanding at the moment. Sustainability. Because they have a conscience on the environment and stuff Absolutely, like that. Absolutely, yes. People have become very environmentally conscious since COVID. And like when you say it's more expensive, are we talking like 50% more or is it... I'd say about one third more. Is it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which I, I suppose does have an impact. It does because all that paper that's used in my secondary packaging is all recycled paper. And in this case, it can be recycled. Yeah. And in terms of then, like you don't sell it in the shop in, in y'all? We're selling it online. Through, through the, the website? Through everyone's website. Yeah. yeah. And we're selling it through our own natural fragrance.ie. And do you find that you'll get sales through Orwin's with other products, like yes. as an add-on kind of a yes. thing, as people are buying a couple of things, they'll buy that as well. Yes, the people that are buying off us are women. We have a very big yeah. female um, yeah. customer base. Yeah, and just probably thought, we try, we. My husband said we'll try it. Yeah, and it works. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. There's just a little area where you can go in for fragrance. But does it tell the story of where it comes from and stuff like that? Not, as well? on, not on the Irwin's website, but it does on the on your own website. on my own website. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, because it is a fascinating story. It's, you know, you know, it's what, 40 years, 50 years in the making in many ways. Yes. You know. From from when we first got our fragrance from America. Yeah. 
And um, did you ever visit where he worked? No, I haven't, but it's on my to-do list. Yeah, because it would be lovely to revisit those steps. Yes. And to see would there be and a have connection. The yes. Yeah. Yeah. And even potentially bring one of the ones that never went to market that he could have been involved. And if that was the case, you know. Yes. We still have a lot of the the old the old synthetics. Yeah. But do, they, do they not go off? They don't, actually, no. Yeah. People will tell you to keep, we keep them out of the light. We always keep them in boxes. Was oh, that why they should, should, should perfumes in general be inside the box? Kept in boxes, yes. Yeah? Yeah. Or inside in a drawer or something like or that? Or something out of the direct sunlight. And would be the same for your own? Well, yours well, is in the box in anyway. Well, they're in container. But so if they left them out, what would happen then? It mm. would melt or something? No, yeah. they won't melt, no. Yeah? No. They'll be fine. So how long perfumes last? Will the scent fade over time or anything, no? Well, it'll fade within your 24 hours, but you'd need that because even the focus yeah. group said to me, one girl said to me, she had a bit too much to drink one night. And yeah. she, whatever perfume she was wearing, yeah. she said she could never again wear it. Oh God, so yeah, she, she said, got to smell the following day. Yes, because yeah. a lot of the synthetics last for too long. Yeah. And I yeah. don't know, do people realise that? And the following day, it's not nice. She has never worn a perfume since. And you don't want that, like, definitely not. <laughs> and you know, like I suppose. So the plan when the new products come out, what will you do? Will you will you will you do more advertising? Will more you do launches and showcasing? I guess I'm guessing as well. Will you? I want to showcase oh, this won't year. You? No, I want to showcase this year because I won't have the product in time. Okay. Yeah. But there are other shows coming down the line. Yeah. Yeah. And um, there's three or four shows throughout the year, and I do those. And will the ultimate goal be? To try and get them into some of the big retailers, like, would you love to see your product alongside oh, others inside Brown Thomas or sure, something? Sure, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So you're not against that idea? Like? No, I'm not against yeah. that idea. It just wasn't convenient during yeah. COVID. Yeah, yeah. It just didn't make sense to us business-wise. Yeah. But once I launched the new products, yes, I'd be very interested. And if someone was interested in stocking your product in the future and they were listening to the show... I'm I'm guessing you're open to having a chat. Oh, absolutely. No yeah. retorona natural fragrance that I absolutely. Yeah, cuz you know it's a fascinating story. It's a it's a great backstory. Nora, I finished the podcast with three questions every week. And you've been in business a long time now, two different very different businesses with the electrics and and yes. you know, you no know, in a perfume. The first one would be what tip would you give another business on how they could build a brand? What tip would you give them? What tip I'd give them is get it out there. Yeah. When you, have your, when you have your product, how the product, in your mind, the product will never be right. Yeah. It'll never be right. Yeah. Just get it on the shelf, take the feedback and do and make the adjustments. And is it hard to get that feedback if it's a bit negative at the start? Oh, God, no. People no? will tell you focus groups are even trade shows. Take yeah. your product to a trade show. Yeah. And they'll say to you, I don't like the fragrance. Yeah. Um, I don't like the box or whatever f- feedback they, ga- they give take it on board yeah. and go with it don't take a person but don't wait too long to get it out there Yeah, that is a huge mistake people take too long and, and it, someone else brings it out yeah and there's never like, there's never a good time really you'll just have to do it I was very it? quick to get it out I just couldn't wait to get it out I'm I'm guessing you've seen other businesses that entered kind of that startup phase the same time as you and Probably in many cases never have, never got it out there or, or are I, still waiting. Yeah. yeah, I'm thinking of two now. I've yeah. two in mind. Yeah, I still know. waiting. 
just never happened. Never happened. I suppose not having the confidence in themselves or their product, I don't know. Yeah. I have great confidence in what I was doing, so I just, I think getting it out there is the key. I'd say that confidence came from the family business, though, as well, did it? The <laughs> fact that you knew that, yeah, products come and go, but, you know, if you're, if you're determined... You well, go back to, go back further, Stephen, go back to when I was young. I never saw barriers. I never see a barrier. I see a way around it. Yeah. And that's and the way I'm, it should be. Yeah, I'm very positive. And with that positive angle, the other question I'd have is, what tip would you give an individual? So to the person, so let's put this aside. Well, like maybe someone that's young that has a passion for something like yourself, like in your case, it was perfume, but they might have something else. What what advice would you give them? Oh, absolutely follow their dream. Yeah? Yes. Now, even if it comes later in life, it makes no difference. Yeah. But just always have it in the back of your mind and always focus on it. Like you might end up, you probably end up in third level. Yeah. It mightn't be exactly what you wanted. Yeah. You're going to you're going to a job and you might say, this is not for me. Yeah. Follow your passion. And don't be afraid to take and a risk. And don't be afraid to take a risk. Now, you have your supports of the local enterprise board. There's the supports of Enterprise Ireland. There's plenty of supports out there. Do you ever regret not doing it earlier? The supports weren't there initially. Yeah? No, they so weren't. Yeah, yeah. The time wasn't right anyway. Not with, biz- not with the other business and all. Yeah. And I did, my, my lads were young, so. So in many just ways, it was like a perfect storm that it came along at the right time for you, so. It just came along at the right time. Yeah? Yeah. Just worked. Yeah. So that's good because sometimes people think, oh, I get to a certain stage and I don't want to do it because it's too late. Doesn't it? It's never too late, really. It's never too late. And even if you have failed, leave it for a while and go back and revisit. Yeah. And think about it again. See where you went wrong. I think what I... I know everyone sees my product. They go, they go, your branding is gorgeous. We love your fragrance. But I would prefer to hear the negatives. Yeah. If I, I would prefer to hear the negatives in that I can do something about them. Mm. If they if they have a negative. Yeah, yeah. Because you can fix that. Because you can fix the negative. You can't fix something if it's not broken. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. So that's a challenge in itself. Yeah. And the last question I have, we have a new sponsor on the show, Skillsbase. And it's, what skill do you think is needed in your industry? I'm thinking in particular now, be a startup, be in the cosmetics industry. What skill is required here? Well, for fragrance, you definitely have to have a good sense of smell. Yeah. I'd imagine you couldn't... Co- you must have been terrified with COVID, were you? That I you'd lose the sense of smell? Well, I wore my mask because, yeah. yeah, I couldn't afford to lose my sense of smell. Yeah. And, and I actually had samples all through COVID. I had so many samples coming in. Yeah. And you constantly saw, like, would you be testing things on a daily basis? I'd be yeah. testing on a daily basis and, and I use... Oh, your nose is so important for that. Yes, and coffee is yeah. how you clear your nose. Is it? Coffee, yes. Coffee beans are better than the coffee itself, but any of the tool do. And what, if you smell coffee, you can go back and smell perfumes. To inhale the coffee, is it? Just smell it, yes, or yeah. the beans. Yeah. I think, I don't know if Brown Thomas have... Sometimes they have the beans. I don't know if Brown Thomas have it now, but I know... That a lot of the shows abroad would have been um, coffee beans on the yeah. stand, yeah. trade shows. Definitely learn something new every day. <laughs> so I didn't know that. So if you want to get, a, you know, a different smell from a different fragrance. Yeah. Or the other alternative, if you don't have coffee beans, you smell your own skin. Where you haven't yeah. put the perfume, obviously. Yeah. And will, in terms of, you know, I'm just thinking, so the sense of smell. Is there science behind that in terms of, does, does everyone get the same smell back or do different things affect us in that way? You know, like, you know, like, would we all see, smell that product the exact same way or is is it is there Depends. Varying? 
if you're a smoker, you'll smell it different. Okay. Yeah, since the smell will be very different if you're a smoker. And I found that out through dealing with both manufacturers and people visiting yeah. me on the trade trade stand. Yeah. yeah. There is only one smell that people, a lot of people can't smell, and it's actually musk. Now, musk is no longer used in natural fragrance. It's yeah. Anywhere you see musk now, it's synthetic. But when musk was available, the body shop used to have a musk and everybody loved it, but not everybody could smell it. That's when people, that's when they realized, they did research into it to realize that some people can't smell musk. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. But they can all smell delicate rose and calming and lavender. And calming lavender. There's no can. problem with that one. No. Well, listen, it's been fasc- fascinating to hear of a brand new product because it is, it is nearly new. I mean, it's five years, but you're still very much in the early stages. Um, it's exciting with nine new ranges coming out in 2023. And, um, it's been great to hear the story. Thanks a million, Nora, for coming in. Thank you. Thanks, Stephen. Thank and you. And best of luck going forward. Thank you. That wraps up this week's podcast. Thanks again to our sponsor, Skillsbase app, which is a solutions provider for companies looking for mobile-first engagement and blended learning tools. To find out more information on what they can do, visit skillsbase.ie. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the show and get in contact with us on all social platforms. I will be back again next week with a brand new episode.